I'm Ken Wood. I'm a critical care intensivist by training and background and the chief clinical officer for the lifespan system. So I just would want to present a, a basic overview and then I'll turn it over to our areas of expertise in critical care emergency medicine. Uh, and Dr. Roy is chief medical officer to provide an overview of where we are with surgical and Rhode Island Hospital. Uh, as many know, we're entering into another surge of COVID. This will be, if we were to characterize this, the fourth surge. And each of the previous surges was, was challenging throughout the nation and challenging in Rhode Island. The difference this time is that we are doing it in the setting of far fewer staff. And in Rhode Island, as well as nationally, we've seen a significant exodus of healthcare providers for multiple reasons, probably not the least of which is the first three surges in COVID. So unlike the previous surges where I think we had the people capacity to accommodate to the incremental number of cases, this particular fourth surge poses additional challenges of having a surge but at the same time, having fewer people to actually provide the care. Um, so at that point, at this point, as we look to the increasing prevalence in Rhode Island, which is, is significant, uh, we're starting to see an incremental number of cases. And if we go back six or eight weeks, I think our total aggregate number of cases has moved significantly to the point where we probably got in the system, 90 admitted patients, and then another 2025 recovering COVID patients. So that's roughly 125 beds in the lifespan system have COVID patients. So again, with an increasing number of presentations to the emergency departments and into our critical care units, uh, against the background of fewer staffed and fewer staffed beds, there's a number of accommodations that we need to make so that we can provide care that's time-sensitive for time-sensitive diseases to patients in need. So we've begun a process to really expedite our entire discharge processes. We've in put in place uh, very detailed surge plans to accommodate if we have incremental numbers of patients. Uh, as we've done in the past, we're beginning to curtail the elective surgical cases that are being done so that we can ensure we have beds for time-sensitive disease. And we've engaged with the Department of Health and the state as well, because we're not unique in this phenomena. This extends, I believe, throughout not just the entire state, but if one looks at the Midwest and Massachusetts, uh, we are by no means unique. This is an unfortunate phenomena of a surging disease against the background of very limited staffing. So I'll turn it over to Dr. Shore to provide an update on our emergency department and where we are. Thanks, Ken. <clears throat> My name is Jay Shore. I'm the chief of emergency medicine for the Lifespan uh, Hospitals. And I think Ken uh, gave a great uh, overview uh, of where we've been. And what's different in the emergency department this time <clears throat> than at other times is that uh, we are very crowded but we're not overwhelmed with more patients than we would typically have seen before COVID. Um, and the challenges are twofold. The first are the staffing challenges that were outlined. Uh, we have fewer staff. 
And the second is that because there are fewer staff throughout the healthcare system, uh, patients are backing up into the emergency department once they've been evaluated but needed to be admitted to the hospital. And so this means that um, uh, we have longer waiting times than we normally have. Uh, and at times our emergency departments are significantly stressed. Uh, now we have uh, very capable and available staff for the life-threatening emergencies uh, that people commonly think about. Trauma, heart attack, stroke, uh, these things we treat in minutes when they show up. Um, but the things that uh, uh, patients may have, such as abdominal pain uh, or other conditions, uh, which uh, normally you would see a triage nurse uh, and maybe uh, wait a couple minutes before going back into a room, we now have more prolonged waits. Um, and so we're asking uh, individuals to try to make sure that they do uh, everything they can to see other healthcare providers um, uh, if possible, um, uh, such as their primary care doctor, uh, an urgent care center, um, uh, or a doctor on call. Uh, at the same time, uh, we want people to use the 911 system and come to the emergency department for the things that they always should, uh, chest pain, symptoms of stroke, and those sorts of things. Dr. Levy is our system-wide director of critical care. And Mitchell, if you give us a couple of comments, insights into where we are with critical care now. Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, I'm, my name is Mitchell Levy, as Ken said, I'm the system-wide director of critical care for Lifespan. Um, so as, as has already been said, it's the combination of <clears throat> decreased availability of critical care nursing and the current surge that we're in the middle of that has led to a very difficult situation for critical care. We, we have across the lifespan system about 180 critical care and intermediate care beds. And we're uh, on a daily basis running about five to eight available critical care or intermediate care beds. So that's very unusual. Uh, and it's uh, we're maximized uh, in terms of our ability to handle critical care and accept transfers from other hospitals. Uh, there are several things we're doing currently we're <clears throat> maximizing the flow through intensive care units. And as soon as patients are stabilized, we move them onto the regular medical wards. We're beginning to move towards handling a little higher acuity patients on the medical wards than we might normally as a way of opening up in, uh, the uh, intensive care unit beds. And uh, finally, we're um, developing new surge plans for the, uh, the possibility that we might have to open additional COVID critical care or step-down units uh, across the lifespan system. Uh, we, we do not have more um, COVID patients than we had during the first surge, but as I said before, the limited availability of critical care nurses are making things very challenging. Next, Dean, if you could give us an overview. Dean is our chief medical officer and a surgeon. Uh, so you could provide some overview where we are with Rhode Island Hospital and uh, the approach we're taking towards surgery. Thank you. Um, so we are and have been um, looking on a daily basis at our surgical case volumes um, and seeing what can be accommodated to care for the patients of Rhode Island. We are not rationing care, but we are making sure that we within the context of making 
keeping the, the, the cases that we need to have and the procedures that we need to be able to offer um, as the level one trauma center, as the tertiary referral center for Rhode Island, we need to be able to provide certain services um, at essentially all times. And we are looking at our cases and um, occasionally we do have to postpone cases so that we can maintain our primary mission. Um, as we are getting more and more capacity challenged, it does become more and more difficult to do that. Uh, it does point to the fact that um, what Dr. Schur and Dr. Levy has mentioned in the past uh, regarding our ability to, to provide um, traffic and, and, and control the volume in the ED and also um, within the ICU. These are things that are really beyond our control in terms of the patients coming in. We have to take care of the patients, um, but it is somewhat within the control of the patients that are out there in terms of making sure they're getting the vaccine, getting the boosters and doing what they need to do to try and help the system while we deal with these unprecedented crises. We're also looking at our surge plans, as it was mentioned, in terms of what we, what we have to do in terms of trying to care for the patients in as safe a manner as possible. Um, we have our hospital incident command system that is up and running, and this is a way for us to manage the current pandemic. Um, and as the numbers have increased, we do try and take precautions and make sure that we are providing the care that we can. 